if you want abortions on demand and on the go, Planned Parenthood is here for you. And the president wants you to know that his Puerto Rican traditions run deep. All of that today on the podcast. There's no way to recover from that one. Welcome into the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. First one in the month of October. We are raring and ready to go. If those headlines do not turn around and grab you, then you have not been around Joe Biden long enough, apparently. Yikes. Uh, Planned Parenthood has a mobile clinic. Let's run down really quick. Planned Parenthood has a mobile clinic. The White House has been speaking their truth lately. Shocking. Uh, The president has a lot to say about Puerto Rico. And didn't he grow up in like a neighborhood? He grew up in Delaware, Dave, which is Puerto Rico North. And, oh, okay. And we also have two segments for you today. Of course, Crazy Concepts from California returns today. And I have a new segment that Dave has not yet been prepped for. We are starting a pronoun of the day. Oh, you've courtesy, got to be kidding me. Courtesy of somebody on TikTok who thinks they know things. Seriously? We're going to close with that one. We have new pronouns? Stick around. Oh, my word. Stick around. We've got okay. plenty more to get to, but we start with Planned Parenthood. They are launching... Can we just be finished with Planned Parenthood? I would love to be done with Planned Parenthood, okay. but that's not going to happen. This... At least not this year. This from NPR. <clears throat> National Public your, Radio. Your tax dollars pay At for work. this article. There you with go. a growing number of patients in states that now prohibit abortion traveling for the procedure, Planned Parenthood says... Wait, 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 wait. Rewind that again. With a growing number of patients in states that now prohibit abortion traveling for the procedure. You can't... They're saying... Wait, wait, wait. I just want to get this straight before we go any further. Planned Parenthood... No. With a growing number of patients in states that now prohibit abortion traveling for the procedure. So the the growing number of patients are traveling for procedure in states that now prohibit abortion. Comma. Comma. Planned Parenthood says it will soon open its first mobile abortion clinic in Southern Illinois. Are they doing abortions in the van? It's 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 medical abortions. So they give you the pill. You got the first step. So it's the chemical. Wait, wait. It's It's the chemical 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 abortions. Yes. Um, This from the president of Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and Southwest Missouri. Uh, Go Cardinals. Um, Really, Yamelsi Rodriguez. I. I'm not even going to apologize. Um, our goal is to reduce the hundreds of miles that people are having to travel now in order to access care and meet them where they are. I thought, that's right. That's right. You shouldn't have to drive more than five minutes. Listen, you should be able to, within five minutes of your home in the United States of America, be able to go buy a pair of pants, be able to go buy a new fridge, to be able to go to McDonald's. And ultimately, you shouldn't be more than five minutes away from murdering your own child. There you go. Because abortion on demand is that, should be that convenient. It makes sense. There you go. For, there for probably is, uh, probably, a Planned Parenthood probably has an app for that as well. Ooh. But we'll don't look up see. a Planned Parenthood app. Then you're going to start getting cookies and yeah, things. And all that, that other sort of stuff. By the way, Planned Parenthood in South Carolina is at least on a temporary hold at the moment. We're looking into that as to what could be the cause of we'll that. We'll let you know when we find out. The mobile clinic will begin offering consultations and delivering dispensing, sorry, abortion pills later this year. It will operate within Illinois, where abortion remains legal, Okay. but will be able to travel closer to the neighboring state's borders, reducing the distance for many patients. It gives us a lot of flexibility about where to be, Rodriguez says. 
this coming, obviously, in light of the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade and upholding Dobbs. Um, the Fairview Heights Clinic is projected to receive about 14,000 patients from across the region each year, an increase that is, quote, materializing much, much faster than we anticipated. We just need more access points. The mobile facility, set up inside of an RV, will include a small waiting area, a laboratory, and two exam rooms. It initially will provide medication abortion up to 11 weeks gestation. It eventually will offer surgical abortions, likely beginning sometime next year. We're going to have a, mo- what is it, like a mobile mass unit here for abortions? Uh, I'm sure. <clears throat> this Mobile seems like ar- something yeah. that, like in Breaking Bad, where they're making the meth inside the van. Doesn't that eventually explode <laughs> at the end of the show? Twice. Okay. Spoiler. Just, want, just wanted to make sure. Spoiler. I mean, it um, only happens in certain areas of South Carolina. That's true. Uh, patients seeing healthcare providers at the mobile clinic will follow the same protocol as those visiting a permanent Planned Parenthood facility. So I guess their their DHEC going to check out their van and everything. I'm assuming. Make sure Okay. One of the first tasks will be yes. determine the best routes for the mobile clinic or routes, depending on your translation. The organization is reviewing data to determine where patients are coming from, looking at healthcare facilities. Um, the so, organization is reviewing data to determine where patients are coming from and looking at neighbor, at healthcare facilities, churches, and churches? other locations at potential stopping off points. We're gonna have if wait wait wait. Planned Parenthood is gonna be drop having drop spots at churches. Well, I mean, if, if if the pagans can have a mobile clinic, maybe the churches should get on board with this oh. and have, like, mobile clinics to help people. Don't we have those, like, we stork do. vans? Okay. Yes, we okay, do. Okay, just want to make sure. Um, an, ab- an organization called Just the Pill also recently announced it would be providing mobile, mobile clinic-based medication abortion care to patients in the western and midwestern U.S. Let us help you understand the importance of understanding this part of it because chemical abortions make up at least two-thirds of abortions in the state of South Carolina. So last year's numbers from DHEC told us that two out of three abortions performed in South Carolina were done through chemical abortions. That is, you take a pill... And 24 to 48 hours later, you take a second pill. That second pill is the one that actually causes the abortion. One of the things that we had talked about during the legislative session last year was providing some level of informed consent to women who had received that pill to say, listen, if you change your mind, then you have the ability to take a reversal pill, which according to the National Institute of Health Studies, has at least a 67% success rate, despite what several people said inside the Senate hearing when that was going on. So it's important to understand that that's what they're talking about right now in Illinois. It just is interesting, Justin, when I take a look at it and see Illinois and the surrounding states, because you've got Missouri, you've got Kentucky, Indiana, Wisconsin, and Iowa, and it's be very interesting to see exactly which of those states are turning around and saying, listen, we're we're going to put some level of restrictions on abortions because that's where Planned Parenthood is going to the border. Planned Parenthood is going to the border more often now than Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, whatever her name is. Just saying. That's a good segue. We move on. I'm going to avoid, Dave, bringing up the new uh, Trailblazer movie known as Bros. 
the first gay rom-com. Do you really want out by how it. much it flopped? It was bad. It was less than $5 million on opening weekend. Very bad. And it's <clears> not just because, never mind, not going to get into that. I said I wasn't going to get into that. We're going to go now to the White House. Because again, really quick, I want to okay. wrap up the abortion issue, the yes. Planned Parenthood mobile clinic thing. Okay. Because when we're talking about a biblical worldview, understand that the goal biblically is that we protect life and that we promote life. And the simple fact is we're seeing forces at work that are looking to not only make it kosher, uh, for abortion, but it's also trying to make it as easy and as simple as possible. So much so that you can walk off the street onto an RV, abort your child, and head on home. Nothing else to see here. Just something to keep in mind as we continue to see work be done in multiple states across the country. You've got a neighboring state with a governor candidate, gubernatorial candidate, incumbent candidate. Who you know says that heartbeats are manufactured sounds? But she, wait, wait, she 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 wasn't really elected governor, though Stacey Abrams claims it, and now claims that she never said that she was governor. But she speaks her truth. She does. There are a lot of people who are speaking their own truth. The White House has been challenged. If you <clears> haven't <throat> noticed, it happened almost overnight. Does, doesn't the White House get challenged every single day? Jean Pierre, they do. Stands up at the podium. KJP wearing a wearing. Did a, you just go to KJP? I, I thought did. you liked saying her name. I do, but KJP, uh, she's Jen Psaki 2.0. Um, no, she's not, because Jen Psaki works for NBC News. NBC News, Biden White House. Oh, same it's pretty thing. Much the same. Forgot. Um, Corinne Jean Pierre yes. was challenged by Peter Ducey a few days ago, yesterday, actually, uh, at the time of this reporting. Uh, about gas prices continuing to rise. It, it, oh, almost overnight, Dave. I was driving down the road. Oh, not overnight, but like one day I was driving and gas was two ninety nine at the friendly, convenient gas station at the corner near my house. The next day I drive by, it's three nineteen. It's twenty cent more per gallon. And it has gone up to three twenty nine, which is where it was when I was driving in this morning. So you felt so, that little dip. So wait. So wait. Yep. Now let's rewind because when gas prices came down. I heard. Yes. And again, I don't want to put anybody on the hook here. Presidents do have a large portion of effect on gas prices in terms of setting energy policy that they helps quell <clears throat> speculation or not. But they don't have a magic button that they can push to raise or lower prices. However, they do create the economic environment in which these corporations operate. We live in a capitalist Republic. So when the gas prices were coming down, Dave, I heard that Uncle Joe over there yes. with his aviators, <clears throat> he put on the aviators and he brought down your gas prices. You're welcome. But how he did that was interesting because what he basically did was tapped into the strategic oil reserve. Now, now we have none of that left, by the way. Because that's basically he dipped into the savings account of our oil backup supply. When you do that, the law of supply and demand, basically you allow more supply, it meets the demand, it lowers and it, it, it stabilizes prices. Seriously? Are, are you, talking, but, are you but dating me right no, now? No, you're talking about economics. This is more nuanced than that, Dave. Oh my really? gosh, I've been watching Corinne. Here's what, you'll what see it? why. Here's what Corinne Jean-Pierre, her, her eminency, said in response to Sir Peter Ducey. 
Thanks, Green. You've said the president was responsible for gas prices coming down. Is the president responsible for gas prices going up? So it's a lot more nuance than that, right? Um, Peter, you know this. Uh, there have been global challenges that we have all have dealt with. When I say all, meaning other countries as well have dealt with since the pandemic. There's been pandemic and there's been uh, Putin's war. And Putin's war uh, has uh, increased gas prices at the pump. We have seen that over the past several months. And what the president was able to do, uh, he took some historic steps when you think about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and making sure that he, we were able to do everything that we can to bring that cost down uh, for American families, give them a little bit more of a breathing room. And we saw that. We saw that every day this summer uh, over a, uh, saving American families over a dollar per gallon. And so that is what the president's going to continue to stay focused on, our cons American consumers. How do we continue uh, to, keep, uh, to keep prices down? That's why we, we did the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. That's why we talk about the CHIPS Act. All of these things are going to help Americans here in this country. And That's it's not. just <clears throat> not true. Um, again, every time, you just should write some things down. Um, it's more nuanced than that, Peter. You know that. There have been global challenges, Peter. There's been a pandemic that's been effectively over since 2020, Peter. She should start saying, but Peter. But Peter. But Peter. There was a pandemic, Putin's war, which could very well go nuclear soon, scarily enough. Uh, Putin's war, continuing to raise gas prices, Peter. But nowhere does she talk about, as Justin said just a moment ago, nowhere does she talk about Biden's energy policies. That Well, yes, she did. She mentioned the Inflation Reduction Act. But nowhere does she talk about Biden's energy policies. She talked about the Inflation Reduction Act. Because we are still not drilling. <laughs> We're still not taking advantage of the fact that prior to Joe Biden entering the White House, we were amazingly at a place of energy independence. We had a conversation with Representative Jeff Duncan. He is on the Energy Committee. He talked about the fact that prior to the Biden White House, we had energy independence in America. And now we're dependent upon foreign sources for oil. We've used up our strategic petroleum reserve. Now we're begging Middle Eastern countries for their oil. And we're shipping our natural gas over to Europe. We're talking about doing that now to be able to deal with the counter supply that is lacking because of what's going on in Europe. Like pipelines exploding? At, exactly. At what point do we simply sit there and say, not that I'm trying to become some isolationist, but to say, listen, we've got to be responsible for us taking care of ourselves at that the moment. That sounds extremely hegemonic and I, I I understand, but we are Americans. <laughs> are we, though? Really? We're just We're players. citizens of the world. I'm done with this we're world citizens, in multiple citizens, ways. <laughs> we're citizens of the world, Dave. And because we're citizens of the world, yes, uh, we all feel, and again, our best wishes to those in Florida who are dealing with Hurricane Ian. Tragic situations down there in Florida as people continue to rebuild the pieces from a devastating uh, hurricane that was nearly a Category 5 when it made land. And our prayers are with you, and our prayers yeah. are with those on the coast of South Carolina who dealt with the same storm. My uncle and, and aunt live down in Naples, Florida, and I got a text from him last night that was basically Fort Myers Beach was just decimated. Yeah. Everything in that area, in the southwestern corner of Florida, is just really been, is it is leveled. Now, 
interestingly enough, it's actually going to cause an inflation in Southwest Florida. Is your uncle, is, I'm sorry, are your, yes. is your uncle and aunt in a, in a low-income community? <laughs> not necessarily, Not no. going to get the help, then. No, because if you're not in a low-income community, then, then according to Vice President Kamala, Kamala, whatever her name is, Harris... You don't have you, you've got to work towards equity. Yeah, we need to bring the other people up to where they are now and then we can But the beauty of a rising tide A rising tide ships. basically decimated the entire southwest coast of Florida. Equity Kamala Dave. Kamala. Equity, Dave. Uh, but our prayers yes. are with them. Now yes. now the president did visit Puerto Rico. Uh, has he wait, has he been to Florida yet? He was going to Florida later in the week. Going to Florida later in the week. Has he He's been going. to Florida yet? As of the recording of this podcast, I am not sure. Has he been to the to border Florida. yet? Well, of course not. Um, but he's been to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a territory. It is a territory. He is responsible for Puerto Rico as yes, the president, to which makes it very interesting that he says he's heading to Puerto Rico because they haven't been very taken very good care of. Says the man who's supposed to take very good care. I thought that was his. I thought Rico. that was the job. I mean, is, is is that the last administration's problem? I guess when he went to Puerto Rico. Now yes. the previous president went to Puerto Rico and was tossing out paper towels like he was shooting basketballs. Um, president in Puerto Rico said, "I was uh, I was sort of raised in, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically, referring to his home state of Delaware." He went on. To say that Delaware has the eighth largest black population. Does he not understand that Puerto Ricans he are just a descent? He just makes things up. Okay. He makes things up, Dave. The, the, the numbers, just for your amusement and information, the, the numbers from the, the 2020 census, Ooh. most recent demographic data, actually breaks down the number of people who are of Hispanic descent, who are white alone, not Hispanic, is 60.6%. That would be Joe. Mm-hmm. Is 60.6% in Delaware. The Hispanic population in Delaware, 10.1%. In Puerto Rico, 987 I don't necessarily think that Joe is from a Puerto Rican neighborhood or a Puerto Rican-style neighborhood. If that's the case, then pray tell, tell me, what does a Puerto Rican-style neighborhood in Delaware look like? Uh, I don't know. But he's Puerto Rican now, so he'll probably get up there and play Despacito or something. Um, What's that that song that gets played? Is that the song that gets played at baseball games? Uh, no, that's Timmy Trumpets. That's trumpets. Maybe that's that, William Contreras' walk-up song. Maybe that should be the new hail to the chief. That would be an interesting. It's too close to the Mets for me. Oh, uh, we we move on. Sure. Let's go to our oldest new segment now because we're going to have a new one in a second. But let's go from <laughs> let's go from crazy concepts in Washington to crazy concepts California. in California. That's right. It's another edition of Crazy Concepts from California. You know, it's 
pretty rich to have two South Carolinians make fun of California because then then you have people who might live in California who you don't live here you don't understand what's happening man I think that's how they talk that would be the way they would do it in California just to bring it full circle for us you have heard us talk about our friend Jonathan Keller from the California Family Council he joins us now from uh, from Fresno so dude I think you're like flying all over California for the rest of the week is that the case Oh, flying would be great. This is driving. Uh, I, I've got, let's see, <laughs> you're 400 dri- miles. You're driving us crazy over here. We're just That's saying. That's right. Sorry. Well, I've got 400 mile round trip tomorrow and then probably another 500 miles over the weekend. So it'll be, uh, it'll be lots of fun. So we're glad that you're the West Coast guy in that really, really long state and our really small state of yeah. South Carolina. This is not, this is not us in Columbia driving over to Aiken. Right? No. This is, these are long distances, and I, my, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law live in California. You're like, right. hey, we're going to go for a drive. We're going to go to the beach. And it's like, all right, cool. Three hours later, we're not even close to the beach. I would much rather drive to Myrtle Beach, and but we, Jonathan's going everywhere. Yeah, because we're three hours, Jonathan, from anywhere in South Carolina with where we are. Uh, but, hey, listen, that's why we love our South Carolina. Just please don't bring your California to our Carolina. Uh, but on that particular note, you have been having quite an amazing uh um, time with your governor. Um, amazing is a word. Uh, that's an amazing way of phrasing it. Uh, one of the things that we keep getting these ripple effects of is we're hearing about SB 107, the Senate bill that he just signed into law last week. What in the world is Gavin Newsom doing? Well, I first off just want to say, and I know sometimes people don't like this, but I just have to say, I told all y'all and, uh, and <laughs> Dave, I mean, you know, this, uh, Dave, there was a, we had, a, we had a couple conferences earlier this year. I'm thinking of our FPA conference out in Tucson. I'm thinking that ADF event we did, uh, in Virginia in August, every time I got a microphone, I was saying, you guys, I'm just warning you, this is coming. It's around the corner. And sure enough, I think a lot of people really thought like, we have we have good friends nationally that really thought, okay, come on, Gavin Newsom wants to run for president. There's no way he's going to sign a bill that declares he and the California court system no better than every parent in all 49 other states. But in fact, that's exactly what he did. And that's what SB 107 does. It basically says, if you are a minor who somehow finds yourself in the glorious state of California, and you decide that you are uh, you're experiencing gender dysphoria, which is a real thing. I, I want to say we have compassion and love and grace for anybody who is feeling that they're they're in a uh, a gender dysphoric state that they have an incongruity between their body and their mind. Those people deserve love and compassion. What they don't deserve is for California courts to say, "Hey, you're here. Why don't we go ahead and establish emergency?" custody for people here in California. You can ignore what courts in other states are saying. You could ignore what your parents maybe even are saying, and we'll make sure that you get the gender affirming health care that you think you're entitled to. Well, so Jonathan, this is really interesting as you're talking about that, because when we were at the state house or on the state house grounds back in June, during an ad hoc committee meeting on H5399. Which here, is our, our pro-life bill. We had a woman literally say when we said, okay, well, well what when all when these children are born, what happens to them? What what your opinion, what should happen? And she says, well, if this bill's passed, then they just they're just gonna be wards of the state. And that comment kind of took me 
back a little bit, but now uh, just a one conversation on the state house grounds here in South Carolina, and now we have the governor of California saying, if you don't provide this, like I'm gonna do what you did, gender affirming care, because that's what we call sex change operations for children. <laughs> if you don't provide that, then the state will take custody of your child. We're no longer threatening this, folks. They're literally going to take your child away from you. That is, when you actually say it, it it screams, are you kidding me? And it, yep. and it, it also screams, well, I, I, would, I would say fascist, Dave. Yeah, I mean, we're at a point right now where you've got to ask the question, okay, and, and I'm going to ask this question solely from the hypothetical crazy concept here because it is California. Let's say you have a child that gets sex trafficked. They're crossing state lines. I don't know. Maybe they come out of Nevada. They're making their way over. They cross into the state of California. Are we basically saying then that any child that crosses that state line, California is now going to accept responsibility for them and give them the gender affirming care that they need? Uh, that's basically what we're afraid of. And and look, I want to start off by saying the original way this bill was sold, uh, Dave, before we got in the air, you were talking about the way that the author of the bill, Senator Scott Weiner, and then Gavin Newsom himself in his signing statement, they are basically trying to pitch this, if you can believe it, they are trying to pitch this as a parental rights bill. Because they are looking at what states like Texas, like Florida, like South Carolina, other conservative family friendly states are doing and they're saying well some of these states are trying to prevent children from having their bodies permanently scarred permanently mutilated their endocrine and uh, reproductive systems completely destroyed and that is bigoted somehow that these conservative pro-family pro-child states would be trying to protect their own citizens so what California did is they said, well, if you're a parent who thinks your child needs this therapy, we will move to California or we'll at least come visit California temporarily and we will do a uh, we'll, we'll do sex change operations for you here. That's originally how it's being sold, but it is so broadly based that it doesn't just apply if you travel to California, if you have two parents who come to California for this treatment. It applies to only one parent or it applies to no parent. And the, the reality is they are completely refusing to discuss the I, I would love to try to believe them and say that these are unintended consequences, but it's hard to really take that at face value when you see the fact that they are doing these procedures already on minors and they're ignoring, they're acting, Dave, like the minors who regret these procedures don't exist. I mean, they, they, they we've had in multiple hearings so far in uh, this, specifically with this bill, we had a young girl named Chloe Cole testify in opposition to this because she's 18 years old now, but three years ago when she was 15 years old, doctors in California performed a double mastectomy on her. Not because she had breast cancer, not because there was a potential risk of that, but because she and her parents believed that she was transgender. And she will, as a result, I mean, you go read her social media posts, you listen to the audio that she did 
uh, from that testimony. You listened to the press conference that she held with uh, several representatives on the steps of the Capitol just a few weeks ago. She's heartbroken over the fact that now at 18 years old, for the rest of her life, she will never be able to feed her own children. She'll never be able to go back and have a traditional life the way that she would have. And the legislators, specifically Scott Weiner, the author of the bill, when he was hearing her testimony, he basically completely acted like she wasn't in the room. He refused to look at her. He refused to acknowledge her, talk about the fact that I'm sorry for this experience you went through, but we believe that there are cases where this needs to happen. They do not want to acknowledge any dissent, any controversy of this issue. They want to say that it is so necessary that these procedures be carried out in California, that we will stick our eyes in the face of courts in all other 49 states. We will stick our eyes or stick, stick our finger in the eyes of uh, the, the other people, the other parents in those states. And we're just going to say, we know ultimately what's best for your children, not you. What's interesting about that is if you watch Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? He asks one of the doctors, about this, he said, what about the people who are opposed to this sort of treatment? And she says, oh, well, we don't, there are not that many. And oh, if there are, they're dinosaurs, they're bigoted dinosaurs. Oh, really? um, so yeah. we're at the point now where it's become not only that we have to push this, not we, but those in, who are in favor of this want to push this, not only that, but we have to make it seem as if this is the only way, this is how far science has progressed. Again, I'm very passionate on this. We've progressed in science so much that we believe child mutilation is the way of the future. But that we were appears also, to be a problem. We were also so progressive enough that we had to wear a mask every time that we went somewhere. But then you because could take science it off. told it. Science then, did tell us but that. But then, but Dave, you could. Did you, you just but Dave me yes, again? You can. Gosh. You can. You have to wear the mask inside of the restaurant. But then, when you sit down in the booth, you can take it off because because, it's because not the, the plexiglass above you and behind right. you, the virus hits it and it's like ah, I'm just gonna die now. Uh, that so the same science that tells you that is telling you this that that that, so that is you it can the, just be whatever you want. But you can same? even be you can even be a poof or a poops. Not the point. We'll get to that we in a second. Um, we we mentioned this about Gavin Newsom. Uh, well, I just okay, this bill. So I, find, I find part of the stuff with Gavin Newsom really interesting. And Jonathan, I really love your take on this. Gavin Newsom has decided in his gubernatorial race to run some ads. I think it's you know it makes perfect sense to run ads as a gubernatorial campaign, but not in seven other Republican states. Seriously, right. literally out our back door and two blocks over mm -hmm. is a billboard for abortion services in California paid for by Newsom for Governor 2022. That's right. What? In, I mean, I think you, you, you pair this with the fact that, you know, he's probably perfect. I, I'm wondering why South Carolina? But, but off the air, we've talked about this before, and you made mention of it. Um, as we say in South Carolina, the road to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is paved through South Carolina. What's your thought on that? I think that's absolutely correct. I think, look, Gavin Newsom realizes, and I've heard this from multiple people whenever I've talked to even my Democrat progressive friends about the possibility of Gavin Newsom running for president. The concern that they always have is, well, you know, he has a particular problem with African-American voters. He's seen as kind of this effete liberal 
super progressive guy from San Francisco. He did not do a good job with the homelessness issue there, which by the way, just a side note on the on that. If you want to if you want to really get a good laugh, Google Gavin Newsom homeward bound and you will oh, find yes, out the 10 year plan. Well, well when you not, not only the 10 year plan to end homelessness more generally, but back in the early 2000s when he was the mayor of San Francisco, uh, Dave, he had this ingenious plan and he said, you know, we have too many uh, people that are coming here that are homeless because we've got all these social services. Uh, it's good weather most of the year. So what did he do? Um, he put people on buses and bust them to other states. Um, um, really? Wait, wait, that, uh, that's using people yeah. as political pawns? But he was doing that. And when was he doing this? This was about uh, 15 years ago when he was the mayor oh. of, of the state or of the, of the uh, city of San Francisco. So he started a trend 15 years ago. So so Ron DeSantis is just following his lead. Gavin Newsom is a trendsetter. That's what we've got to keep in mind. Oh, I think that's the the reality is that Newsom has a problem. He has a problem if he's going to try to run for president. He needs to see an opportunity to expand his base beyond the incredibly progressive liberal enclaves in San Francisco and Los Angeles. In California, you can basically win the governor's mansion with just those majority populations. You, you can hit these super progressive areas and you don't have to worry about appealing because no one in California, sadly, is going to vote for a Republican for governor unless your name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, as our governor has tended to say around here, we don't do that here. Uh, Henry right. McMaster's new ads come out and he's talking about the way things are done in Washington. And you know, we're, they try to defund the police. Well, we don't do that here. And, and we just really want to tell Gavin Newsom, listen, bud, um, we don't do that here. But I think That's you're, right. I mean, to, to your point, um, you take a look at where Joe Biden was in early 2020, exactly. and he was in what, third, fourth place until coming to South Carolina, because with the exception of Newt Gingrich, everybody, you got to keep in mind, the Republican and Democratic nominees for president were selected, and South Carolina, with the exception of Newt Gingrich in 2012, South Carolina has picked the presidential candidate for both parties since 1980. And yeah. so I think to your point, Jonathan, I think Gavin Newsom's recognizing the power that Jim Clyburn has in this state when it comes to a Democratic name ID. But I think if he puts billboards only in South Carolina, that looks a little too cute by half. So he has to kind of, you know, spread it around a bit and be like, look, no, uh, no Democratic candidate for president is going to win Oklahoma probably in our lifetimes. Let's let's be honest. But the reason you put a billboard in Oklahoma is so that the one in South Carolina, I think, doesn't look quite as suspicious. Um, the same type of thing with Texas and with South Dakota and with Missouri. But I, I do think that Gavin Newsom realizes he has to raise his profile nationally. He has to try to come across as uh, a leader nationally who's pushing back against these uh, so-called, you know, anti-choice states. And the reality, Dave, is that you've got this website that he's launched, the abortion.ca.gov. They very proudly tweeted uh, about a week after the billboards went up and the website was live, 60% of the traffic coming into that website is from outside the state of California, 60%. And because I think- Because that's where he's advertising, hello? And, and I, I mean, think, it, 
he, he, he really wants to have California be seen as this model for the nation. But as one of our congressional candidates who's out here in California likes to say, a, a Republican named Kevin Kiley, he likes to point out California is not a model for the nation. It's a warning to the nation. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely the case. And I think, you know, when you take a look at Gavin Newsom, when he turns around, he wants to call a bill that would your, your Senate Bill 107, which is the one where you can take your kids across state lines for them to get gender affirming care. And he wants to call it a parental rights bill. I mean, he's perfectly set for the mentality that is Washington, D.C. right now because they never call anything exactly what it is. Um, but we appreciate the fact that you're doing your part in California as, as a sister organization to Palmetto Family. The work that we do here, you're doing there in California and the impact that you're making on those things. You have gotten a, a new response to Gavin Newsom uh, you put together an ad. Let's just show that ad real quick. I'm proud to be able to put those billboards up. Proud to be in a position to be able to afford it and do so through the campaign. Our donors are asking for more of that. They believe in women's freedom and right to choose. I mean, Jonathan, that is an impactful statement right there. Uh, what was your thought behind that, and how much of a, of a push are you having towards getting that message out there to your governor? I think part of the problem with getting the message out to our governor is that uh, he realizes, if you just look at the reality of where we stand on the, uh, the voter registration side of things, California is, um, I think the technical scientific term for the number of population we have is freaking huge. <laughs> you are the sixth largest country in the world, aren't you? Like something like that? Yes. Okay. Well, during COVID, I want to point out um, Gavin Newsom repeatedly, when uh, Donald Trump was president and there was this advantage to Newsom making these distinctions, uh, Gavin Newsom repeatedly referred to California as a nation state. Uh, he loved to point out the fact that, oh, you know, look, we've got our own ports, we've got our own airports, we've got uh, all, you know, all these natural resources and everything else like that. He loved to try to paint California as this completely autonomous region. And he really is now continuing to try to govern that way, even under a Democratic president in Joe Biden. And I, I think part of the difficulty that we're having with getting him to see the message, just being totally honest, is that um, the, the voter registration numbers are not in uh, our favor. He keeps, to, to his advantage, he keeps driving conservative voters out of the state. And if you go back and look at the electorate that last voted for a Republican for governor, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger in 2006. Now, number one, I think you could say that it would be very difficult to elect any Republican in the future, just based on the fact that, you know, 
Arnold was kind of a proto-Trump. He was he was the popular movie star before you had someone like Donald Trump running. And I think even if Arnold ran today, he would have a very hard time uh, winning in the state of California. But even setting that aside, if you look at the demographic makeups of our state from 2006 to 2022, that is four uh, four year gubernatorial cycles. And we have had such a massive population shift in those 16 years that I think that a lot of the people who would be more uh, moderate and willing to listen to reason and say, you know what, I'm not going to vote for this, uh, this governor again. I think a lot of them would look at this and say, um, I'm I'm uh, going to know better and get out of Dodge. And they've ended up in places like Texas or Florida or Idaho or Tennessee, or frankly, I, I think there's probably a fair number that have ended up in South Carolina. Uh, as a, yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, we were down at, down on the coast. Uh, one family that we met with uh, literally took the trip from one coast to the other coast and is enjoying sunrises instead of sunsets. They're just, yeah. they're yes. pretty in the morning. They're kind of nice over here. So, um, but I, you know, there are so many other things, so many other warning signs. Um, we just appreciate you taking the time to join us because we want this to be a regular thing because folks at home, we want you to understand this. Uh, what Jonathan and the California Family Council is dealing with there in their state are things that are trying to make their way across to our mm -hmm. state and to be a guardrail against the cultural overflow that is coming from places like California, you've got to be able to do your part to be a, a light that reflects the light and love of Jesus on the guardrail of our society where God has you. And just a quick recap, if you missed our Crazy Concepts from California last week, uh, this is a step up. Last week we talked about uh, you know banning natural gas furnaces and heaters and and we talked about using human remains as composting soil. So from from these three <laughs> cubic yards of human remains, uh, we jump into the government actually being able to take your children away from you. And this is not to pile on the people of California. Certainly there are plenty of great people in California who are standing for family and biblical values, and we appreciate them, we honor them, and we certainly pray for them because they're basically missionaries in this country. <laughs> But uh, and I and I have family that's in California, so I understand kind of what's what's going on there. So this isn't a pile on California. It's to make sure you understand that the things that come from Europe come here, and the things that start on the west coast or the left coast eventually Drift make their way rightwards, right over here to the right coast. And we're seeing that uh, across the board on a number of these issues. So Jonathan Keller, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Crazy Concept. So as if that wasn't crazy enough, I present to you a new segment. My segment does not have a graphic or a, a bumper music yet. We'll get there, I promise. It'll probably be something stupid, but because it, would match, most of these it would match. match. It would match the tone. <laughs> this welcome into your daily pronoun lesson. Are you serious? This will happen every day until we're done adding pronouns or the Lord comes back first. Probably going to be the Lord coming back first. Okay, point. I yet again, Justin has thrown this one. This is it's like the curveball and you're watching it live as it happens. It's like a Charlie Morton curve. 
Uh, welcome to the Braves reference, by the way, from now until the end of October. Um, because that's see, when we raise a trophy. You should see the text messages that go on throughout the evening. You always know when the game is over. Because um, Sorry, that if that was offensive to you. Get over it. Um, we do have a pronoun your, for you, most likely. This then. is your pronoun yes. for the day. Dave yes. has not seen this yet. Here on your screen is our TikToker. This is who you can see every day now. Lesbian Snow White is her name, and she is here to to learn you something about some pronouns. Hello friends, it's the Lesbian Snow White here, aka the Pronoun Cow, and I'm here to teach you how to use Poof Poof's pronouns and sentences, so let's go! Hmm, Poof as a pronoun? I don't know. It's not your decision. Just like you can relate to she, her pronouns, he, him pronouns, they, them pronouns, whatever kind of pronouns. Those are all valid. And to those who can relate to Poof Poof's pronouns, <laughs> those are valid as well. And all that matters is us respecting each other. Poof is such a great person. Poof's smile is so contagious. In fact, I saw Poof make a whole audience smile. I think Poof should be very proud of Poof's self. And don't forget that some people did request these pronouns, so do not invalidate them because they are very important to someone. Anyway, I love you and thank you for watching and listening. Really? Really? That's not the worst one. Poof poofs. Poof poofs. Poof self. Spoiler alert, there are also dragon dragons pronouns as well. I'm saving that one. Really? Saving it, that. Is it poof selves? If there's poof, poof self. You'll have multiple days. But, but if you have, if it's a If you have multiple personalities, that's a real problem. But that's a real mental selves. Disorder. It, it, Okay. But I love how she tells me it's not my decision. It's not your decision. Be validating. I have to validate whatever you feel. I'm sorry. You have to validate whatever Poof feels is yes. Poof's in the way words, of viewing Poof self. In the words of Matt Walsh. Yes. Uh, Poof just, self? Just, wait, 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 wait that would way. be. How do I distinguish between your poof self and his poof self? Is this there is a difference weird. between those? Um, I don't know. Because if if, if we can't, I, I mean, is it third person? Is it. it second person? You can just change it. But how do I you know? You can be who, poof poof's pronouns one day, but I could and poof, be demon pronouns well, the next day. But what if I'm poof self and I poof self on me, but I don't poof on you? Just, I don't. I'm just saying. I'm a little confused. I'm I totally don't know what you're I don't know what you're saying. It's not your choice not to be confused. English. You're not speaking English. It's not, she said it's lesbian self. Lesbian Snow White yes. said it's not your choice. Well, that's true. It's not. I mean, you can, you can, you can, you can say whatever you want. You can. But you do can you say, understand what no, I'm listen, saying? What Pooh's saying about Pooh's self? You can. You can believe that your pronouns can are believe. Poof. You've you got to say this. But, Poof is not saying this correctly. Poof self. But, but, your, your DNA. But no, that's a poof. But Poof's DNA. <laughs> yes. I just, I'm going to quote Michael I am, If you're going to give this to me live, you're just going to, sorry, if Poof is going to give this to me live, Poof has to take this as Poof sees it. I, I will just quote <laughs> Michael Knowles. I would much, or, or quote, you would much rather be a poor man in a good society than a rich man in a society falling apart. It's my life motto right now. <laughs> the, the poverty of my decisions, I guess. The, the, Sorry, that would be we're living, the poverty of Poof's decisions. We're we're living we're living in, in strange days. <laughs> we're living in lesbian Snow White land. Who defines what my pronoun is for today? 
She just gives you different pronouns. People have sent these in and want her to tell you how to use these pronouns so within Poof, conversation. So Poof decided that Poof was going to do that so that Poof could turn around and talk about it with Poof. Yes. On today's podcast. Yes. Because and Poof is listening to Poof Podcast. Sure. Or Poofcast. Or Poofcast. I'm not going into the Poofcast today. If you change one letter, though, it could all go down the toilet. <laughs> That's all for today's episode of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waitresses. For Kevin Kiello. Do you, they really want to be associated with this today? Probably not. Probably not. Kevin's laughing right now. I can sense it. For Kevin Kiello, Mitch Prosser, who definitely doesn't want to be a part of he, this. His, he's missing right here. I know. If you want to see Mitch back on the podcast, please let us know by emailing us. Email at palmettofamily.org. I'll and, make sure that he <laughs> responds accordingly to the poof poof's pronouns. With a, with a subject line that says, where's Mitch? Dave, Dave Wilson is also here to my left. He probably doesn't want to be anymore. I'm I have never to, When am I to your left? I guess I'm to your left all the time. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you sharing this with your yes. friends. Go to our website, palmettofamily.org. Make sure you sign up for our email newsletter. You'll be getting alerts as we get closer and Who's closer to getting October, October 18th. Uh, just as a joke, I might send out one of those emails. Um, October 18th is coming up. The Senate is returning to have one more debate on House Bill 5399, and we'll keep you updated on the debate as it gets closer and what you can do to make sure your voice is heard within the South Carolina Senate. But until then, we thank you again for watching the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast.